podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger Podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Welcome to this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. It's got an Irish flavour this week as Cricket Ireland prepared to take on England at Lords in a rather historic test match between the 24th and the 27th of July. The Ireland have named their 14 player squad that will travel to England for a two day warm up game against the Middlesex second team at Merchant Taylor's School and then that all important test match at Lords Cricket Ground. The squad, William Porterfield is their captain, Mark Adair, Andrew Balbimi, Andrew McBrine, James McCollum, Tim Murta, Kevin O'Brien, Simi Singh, Paul Sterling, Stuart Thompson, Lorcan Tucker, Gary Wilson, Craig Young and a certain Boyd Rankin. Now I spoke to Boyd a couple of weeks ago, so there are a couple of World Cup references in this chat. But now we've got the World Cup out of the way, it's back to the Red Bull, back to Test Cricket. And Boyd will certainly be hoping that he gets into the 11 to play at Lords. Played one test match for England, one test match for Ireland. And we talk about how strange it might be for him to be wearing the Irish kit in a test match at Lords, playing against a team that he's represented in test cricket as well. So this week, in our preview of the England-Ireland test match at Lords, here's Boyd Ranking taking on the Cricket Badger 20 questions. It's that Badger style. Cricket Badger Podcast Fact File William Boyd Rankin Derbyshire, Warwickshire and Ireland Pace Bowler Two Tests, 71 Day Internationals and 36 T20 Internationals for Ireland and England 144 International Wickets with a One Day International Best of 4 for 15 A key member of the Ireland team's rise to test status Welcome to the podcast Boyd Let's have a badger chat. How are you, Boyd? I am actually very well. Thank you very much. I, I see um, from your Cricket Info page, you're, you're now playing back in Ireland, playing your cricket over there. Yeah, so from the start of this year, um, I'm now full time time for for like Cricket Ireland so yeah I've been back here quite a bit over the last few months uh, playing for, for like the Northwest Warriors uh, in terms of their like inter-provincial series so um, yeah it's been going alright the weather I think it's been pretty bad over in England as well but like, the weather hasn't been great ho- here over the last few weeks so it's, uh, it's been quite tricky to get some games in but, but yeah, we've, we've, yeah we've got cricket over here now over the next few weeks against like Zimbabwe you're going to take on the Cricket Badger 20 questions today, Boyd, so we might as well okay. crack on with the first one of those. If it hadn't been cricket for you, what would you have chosen to do with your life? That would be pretty easy. for a family farm. So I suppose um, I suppose growing up, I always wanted to try and play cricket for Ireland. But at the same time, I was always out in the farm. Um, I went to university, studied like agriculture. So it wasn't it wasn't really in, in like the pipeline whenever I did start playing full time. Um, it wasn't it wasn't something that I thought I would have the chance to do. But 
but yeah, obviously been very lucky to, to sort of play full time now for the last sort of 15, 16 years. And you, you say you're from a farming background, but you're also from a cricket family, aren't you? I was reading up about you, got a lot of your relatives have played cricket as well. Who's been the biggest influence on your career, would you say? That, that would have to be like my dad. He's, he's obviously like really keen in, into cricket as well. Like he played for his local in terms of like his like local club here. Um, and I was, I sort of grew up with cricket um, from like six or seven years old. I was down watching him. I was getting involved. If I wasn't playing, I was uh, I was like marking the in terms of the scorebook or whatever. So it was sort of something that 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 was always in the family that he he sort of played um, like all the time, and I got involved like through him. When was it that you realised that cricket wasn't just a pastime? Cricket could be a career for you. I mean, you're a big lad, six foot seven. Obviously, you know, a good bowler in Ireland. But when did you actually think? I could actually make a living from this. Well, it was a bit strange because really, obviously, like growing up through like the, through like the Ireland underage teams, like like it was always to try and play for Ireland. And at that point, it was all like amateur, so it wasn't something that I could see that I could play full time. I think obviously, like the likes of Ed Joyce and, and in terms of like Owen Morgan, who obviously moved across that, sort of gave me that opportunity to sort of follow them as well. Uh, but like I probably I probably didn't really think I would probably make it playing full time until after that 2007 World Cup. Like it's sort of up to that point, uh, like I played a little bit, but I wasn't I wasn't really sure which way I was going to go with it. And since since that 2007 World Cup, I managed to get picked up um, at the back end of that 2007 season. And and yeah, it's been it's it's been pretty full time since then. You've got quite an interesting career, haven't you? You've obviously, grown up in Ireland, playing for Ireland, as you say, going to World Cups and what have you, and then opting to then come across to England and ultimately to play for England, and then to go back yeah. to Ireland again. It's not your traditional route through a cricket career. When you first opted to make the change from Ireland to England. How was that received back home? Uh, like I think it was received pretty well. Like, like in terms of in terms of my teammates, they, like they always said that that was it was obviously hard for them to see me go. But at the same time, like they understood in terms of what was happening. Like we didn't have like test match cricket at that point. Like we weren't playing that many ODIs, and it was just my like pure ambition. To obviously try and play at, at, at like the highest level, which was obviously in terms of like Test cricket, and I couldn't do that with Ireland at that point. Like I was in the round with like the England Lions over the previous three four years, so it was always going to be a tough decision for me. But I thought it was the right one at the time. Like, I, like it was a lot of cricket for me to obviously play for Ireland, play for the Lions, and at the same time like play for Warwickshire as well. So like like I did pick up a few injuries like during that stage and. It, that sort of made my decision that bit easier in the fact that I had to try to like re-just my like workload and yeah, obviously thankfully once I did that I was quite lucky to sort of get into the England frame quite soon after that. The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com. Their ethos, we love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. What's been your best moment in cricket? If I could take you back to any day in your career, which one would you like to relive again? Yeah, it would, it would have to be that victory against Pakistan in, in the 2007 World Cup. It was obviously like a massive shock for everybody. We as a team, we actually like believed that we could do it. And I suppose that day was the start of like everything for me. So I would, yeah, that would be... 
that would be really nice to actually go like back there and like see that again and obviously like in terms of the celebrations that night as well it was pretty special I, I, I can imagine Irish people are known for their celebrations aren't they I mean that wasn't the only success you had with Ireland in World Cups you, Ireland for a couple of World Cups made the real name for themselves in being the potential banana skin for quite a few of the bigger sides yeah obviously like, looking back over the years like they have like points above their weight up, like, in terms of beating England in like 2011 beating the West Indies in 2015 like we've always I suppose as I said like punched above our weight and I think it's obviously like really disappointing and it's quite frustrating in terms of in terms of watching like the World Cup at the moment because it'll be obviously be, like be really nice to be in that competition but obviously with the way it's sort of set up now with just 10 teams like I suppose like we had a chance to qualify but, but unfortunately like we didn't do that and yeah I think I think ideally we'd have like loved to have been in it and I think we could have pushed like quite a few of the teams but as I say like we didn't get in it and it's like just one of those things I suppose The World Cup is taking up quite a lot of my time at the moment it's big news over here obviously England haven't done quite so well over the last uh, week or so but you know as soon as it's been at World Cups before it must be quite difficult uh, you know as you said to, to watch it from a distance and think I've been at matches at World Cup matches before we've had our moments and how, how great would it be to be there now? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, like, I like, like, like the big thing for me as well was obviously it's been like in terms of like, states in England as well, which obviously is really close to Ireland. And I think yeah. there've been like really good crowds for all the games as well. Like there'll be a lot of people like travelling over for it. So yeah, like it's obviously like really disappointing. I've tried, I've like, tried not to watch too much of it. I've, I've <laughs> sort of seen like bits and pieces of it, but I suppose the more I watch it, the more it sort of like reminds me that the fact that, that we're not there. I quite like the format with ten teams because you kind of guarantee that you're going to get as close as possible to the the right four semi-finalists but I also have enjoyed World Cups in the past when so-called, with all due respect, lesser nations have been involved in the in the competition. As a player for Ireland, you've seen it firsthand, playing in World Cups against the best opposition in the world. Presumably that brings your country on and encourages people in your country to take up the sport. It can only be a good thing on it for teams like Ireland and Scotland and various other smaller nations. Yeah, yeah like I think it's massive, obviously. Just to get that get that like exposure on like the world stage, but like I think it's been shown over the last few World Cup that, that, that we've been in I suppose like especially that 2007 World Cup like it like really helped like drive the cricket here and trying to get more people involved so yeah it obviously is, I suppose it is quite hard because it uh, like it's not like, like we don't get that much exposure so I suppose that's in like many ways trying to get more people involved through that in terms of watching that and I suppose like people not seeing Ireland in the World Cup there's probably a lot of people that probably don't watch it now because of that fact I suppose like especially people in Ireland if you go into any of the bars and stuff around and like in terms of Ireland if like Ireland were playing like it, it, uh, it like would be in on in like the background like even if it's not from like the cricket in the terms like part of the world so it's obviously difficult in terms of that way but I suppose as I said like I think we're quite lucky in a way we're obviously part of the future tourist program now so like we are getting like more more like regular cricket against against like the full members but I suppose for that for like the likes of Scotland and Holland who obviously have been doing really well as well over the last few years their chance of obviously playing those teams is like a lot less for us so yeah I can see how difficult it is and both especially for those teams to actually get to World Cup is obviously massive for their country what's been your worst moment in cricket which day would you like to just put a line through and, and forget oh 
Um, I suppose it's a tricky, it's a tricky one because obviously I had uh, like a really fond memories of that of that Ashes series, and obviously making my debut in that last Test match was really special. Sometimes, sometimes I think like I wouldn't take it away for the world, but I like obviously like I wasn't fully fit for it. And that first day, in terms of making my debut, was a bit of a blur, really. So it's one of those that like, was obviously really special, but at the same time, I wish I could maybe try it again at, at like another stage. But I suppose, I suppose like these things happen. I do wish it had been a bit different. But as I said, like that was the chance I was given, and I didn't really think I didn't have an option in like in terms of not a plan because I like 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 obviously like those like chances don't come around very often. So like I try to grab it with both hands. If it had been me and I'd been not totally fit, I would have jumped at the still jumped at the chance of making my test debut because, like you say, you don't know when it's going to happen again. But was it the fault of the England England management that they'd put you in there when they knew you weren't fully fit? Um, yeah, well, it's, like I, I think it's obviously tricky mm-hmm. because obviously like, I did quite a few te- uh, like like in terms of fitness tests like before the like before that game. Um, like it was it was one of those where I felt that it wasn't like diagnosed properly in terms of what I had. Uh, it, like it was a lot more serious than than what was in terms of told to me at the at that time. So. It was one of those in the back of my head. It was like, well, it's not that bad. I can sort of get through it. But um, like as soon as I got back from the tour, I got a scan and it showed it was a lot worse than what it was. And I suppose maybe I probably shouldn't have really played. But but I, I suppose it was one of those that, as I said before, like I couldn't really not in in terms of not play. But at the same time, it wasn't really taken out of my hands at that point. So it was really down to me and I wasn't going to say no. So <laughs> it is what it is. Who was your cricket hero when you were young? Growing up in Ireland, are you looking at other countries for your heroes? Or are you looking closer to home? Uh, no, like for me, it was, like it was always like Graham McGarr, and uh, and in terms in terms of like Curtin Ambrose was my two. I think like growing up for me, it was always on in the background, um, because like back in those days, it was always on like normal TV, so you could watch it at any point, and it was always on. So. Like, like I suppose it's maybe a little bit different now as a kid because everything's on Sky Sports and I suppose not everybody has Sky Sports. Um, so for me, maybe it's it's a bit different for like some people now. Like back back in those days, we couldn't afford Sky Sports, so we didn't really like watch Sky Sports. But um, but like I still remember being on I think it was BBC or uh, like it was one of the channels. I can't remember what channel it was, but. As I said, like it was always on in the background, and just watching the likes of Glenn McGrath and in terms of Curtly Ambrose, like obviously tall, tall guys, and it was something I tried to like mirror with. Two decent role, role models to have to yeah. model yourself on. Yeah. If you could trade lives, Boyd, with any current cricketer for a day, um, batsman or bowler, who would you like to live in the skin off for 24 hours to see what it would be like to have their skills and their life? Ooh. Um, Probably have to be an Indian cricketer. Uh, probably somebody like Kohli, I would think. Okay. Um, just purely, um, obviously, he's like a great player, but obviously, in terms of what he has to go through in terms of day in day out, I'm not. I think it'll it'll probably be like pretty special uh, in terms of living in in like India. Um, he's probably treated like a god. So um, yeah, like I would probably say him. Like I've been lucky to play against him a few times, and he seems like a pretty like humble guy. But like he's got a lot of pressure there as well. He's got like a weight of a country like against him. So I think just being in his shoes for a day, just to to sort of see what he goes through, would be would be pretty cool. 
you don't get that same intrusion as an island cricketer. Uh, no, you could say that, yeah. It's, it's a bit different. Um, you sort of walk around anywhere, and I don't think too many people would sort of notice me. They'd probably notice me for my height more than anything, but they'd never like, notice me for, for in terms of what I do. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream. If I could put you in charge of world cricket for a day, Boyd Rankin, what thing would you change? What would you use your day in charge to to alter with the game? Ooh, that's a very tricky question. Um, Ireland in the World Cup's the obvious one, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah. Obviously, I was, if I was in charge, I'd definitely increase the number of teams in a World Cup from ten to probably t- well, even twelve or fourteen. Like, I don't think I don't think it needs to be any more than fourteen. But I, like, I still I still think if it was a fourteen team World Cup, you could still get six group games in semi final final. You're still getting sort of eight. Well, seven, eight games there, depending on how you do. So that would be one. Like the only other thing I would probably do would be to try and even out the in terms of what each country gets and in terms of funding. It seems to be very weighted against the top two or three countries, um, and it, it, it would like definitely help Cricket Ireland if if they had a bit more funding. It, it would help a lot. They say all rock stars would like to be sportsmen, and sportsmen want to be rock stars. If you could have been famous in a different field of life, what would you have chosen to be famous in? I probably would have loved to be like, like a basketball player in like the States, just purely because of my height. I think I, there's, there's like a lot of people ask me like what I do, and I, and I say cricket, and uh, the, like the first response back is normally, geez, like you should have took up uh, something in terms of like basketball. And... Um, I suppose maybe I should have when I was younger. Like maybe tried it like in terms of basketball. It would have paid a lot more and it would have been a pretty cool life as well. If you could meet anybody, living or dead, who would you like to uh, have dinner with or go out for a beer with? I'm a big uh, like Liverpool fan, so uh, I would have to say Stephen Gerrard. Just purely like I've obviously, as I said before, like I'm a big Liverpool fan, and I just like really enjoyed him in terms of his like play and as a person as well. So. Yeah, I'd obviously love to have a chance to sort of have a chat and have some dinner with him. When some Irish film company decides to make a movie about your life, who would play you in that movie? Uh, Liam Neeson, maybe. He's actually, well, he's sort of got a similar accent. But he, he, like, he's actually, he actually was born and grew up not far from where I live in like Northern Ireland, so I don't think you couldn't get anybody much better than him. Um, I'm a big fan of like quite a lot of his movies as well so I think he would sort of suit me quite well you would have to do for me now that what's his famous little line that he does in that take and stuff uh, what is it I can't remember man. I've watched that movie so many times and he's put it in the spot I can't remember he does that uh, thing over the phone doesn't he where he, he's I, I will find you and I will kill you or something or? that's the one yeah <laughs> you did, yeah like you probably need to give it a bit more meaning than that but it, <laughs> yeah. I will find you and I will kill you that's, that's it <laughs> 
So you can you can play him in his movie and uh, and vice versa. Yeah. That's a yeah. bit of a deal. If you listen, Liam Neeson, that's on the cards. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Do you get nervous before games? Is, are you a nervy kind of character, or do you take things in your stride? No, I would still I, I still get nervous in terms of playing uh, games. More so probably in terms of international stuff. I think it's quite natural to to like to sort of get nervous. I think I think the day that I don't get nervous, like walking out onto the field, um, is probably the time to stop playing. But as I say, like I like I do get nervous pretty much every game. Um, it's just it's just my way of I suppose like switching on and, and like making sure that like, I'm up for the game. As I said, like like it is. I think it's an important part of it just to get yourself switched on. What is the top item on your bucket list? I love to. I've never been, but I love to go to New Zealand. It's one of one of the only countries probably that I haven't visited. I love to go traveling around around like New Zealand at some point there might be a chance of walked up plan to maybe like tour there at some point but if i don't then i would love to go and just travel around i've like heard a lot of good things about it and i think it's quite similar to ireland maybe a little bit warmer a bit less rain but yeah um i think i think somewhere like that is is like definitely on like my bucket list are you a morning or a night person um i'm a morning person definitely Growing up on a farm, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. always had to be up early. So yeah, uh, like I'm definitely like a morning person. What celebrity annoys you the most? I'm not really sure if you if you call them like celebs, but um, at the moment, uh, like I don't know if you've heard of this um, this like Love Island. There's quite a few of the, the, the the like in terms of the guys that I play with, like watch the show like Love Island, and I managed to get dragged into watching it one night when I was sharing in a hotel with one of the guys, and uh, it really frustrates me that, that <laughs> they can call themselves like celebs that they just walk around with their tops off and. All they do is look at themselves, so I, I don't I, like. I just don't get it. I really like Love Island. I watch it all the time. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but the, but the thing with Love Island, it's a little bit like asking somebody to to remember who was in the jungle in I'm a Celebrity two years ago. As soon as they walk out of Love Island, you instantly forget them. They're kind of yeah. it's it's a very weird thing, Love Island, because you watch it and you get quite hooked on it, and you start to think that you know these people. Then they leave the house, and a year later, I can't remember who was in it last year. So, it's, <laughs> you know, celeb- celebrity is a very loose term, I think, for, for some of those people. Yeah, well, I think that's that's the only that's the only thing I can think of at the moment that, that would definitely yeah. frustrate me. But as you say, you like the, I think it's even like a love or a hate thing. Um, there's quite a lot of people love it, but I think I'm one of those people that hate it, so I have to go yeah, with that. Well, hate Islands on the on a different channel, I think. Um, <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the Fonz, how cool are you? Oh, if you ask quite a few of my fellow players, they'd probably say that I'm not very cool at all. So I would have to have, I would definitely be like below five. I'd probably give myself four. I think I've got <laughs> a little bit, but I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not very. Uh, like I'm not very flair. So no, I, I'm quite happy with with being quite dull and sort of out of the way. So like I'm definitely on like the lower part of that scale. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go to? Is there a particular place in history or something like that you'd like to go back and have a bit of a snoop round? I'd quite like just to go back to maybe say the like the 50s, 60s. It just seemed a lot more of a simpler life back then, and just sort of get to see what it was like, and like and like in terms of back to those days. I don't think I want to go back any farther than that. Um, it'd be yeah, it'd be around the sort of 50s, 60s, just to get a feel of what it was like to be in that sort of like time period if you could change one thing about yourself 
what would it be? Well, probably after cricket, but I, I wouldn't mind being a couple of inches shorter, just just uh, just for like everyday things, like trying to get clothes and shoes and having a normal size bed and that, that those type of things. <laughs> Obviously, like I love being tall, but there's. I think a lot of people say that like it must be great being tall, but there's obviously a lot of like disadvantages there as well. So it'd be quite nice to, um, I suppose, not not have those things to worry about. So when you book into a hotel, your your feet are hanging off the end, are they? And you you're banging your heads on on door frames and. Yeah, that's yeah, that's quite normal for me. Yeah, um, I've actually stayed in a couple of hotels who's actually put like extensions onto the end of the bed, so which is a bit which is a bit strange, really, but. Um, but like it has helped me quite a lot. So um, when I've travelled around with with cricket teams, the when you go to airport check-ins, the big fast bowlers are usually trying to get the the leg room upgrades or whatever, so they can actually stretch their legs out because it can be quite tight on an aircraft, even for somebody like me. But if you're six foot seven, I'd imagine you need a bit of knee space. That sounds exactly like me. I'm, I'm pretty much I'll try and run to the front of the queue and try and get like an extra leg room seat. I've been pretty pretty lucky the last. The last while, I've I've managed to always get like an exit seat or um or like some sort of legroom space. I I physically just don't sit in a normal seat. Um, if I did, it would be a very very uncomfortable um, flight for me. So that's another thing. Um, if if it was a couple inches shorter, I probably wouldn't uh, I wouldn't like really bother about it too much. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you like to have a house? I'd love to, I wouldn't say I'd live there like in terms of 12 months a year, but um, every time I've been there, I've really enjoyed it. Um, somewhere like Barbados um, would be high on the list because it's a really nice part of the world. Somewhere close to the beach with plenty of sun sounds like pretty good to me. It's expensive. The last time I was in Barbados on a, on a pre-season cricket trip and I was covering it, I hired a car and I was driving around the island and there was this really dilapidated old house and you could see that the shape of it and everything, that if you did it up it would be absolutely beautiful and it was right on the beach and it had some land just in front of it and I thought, ah, if, that, if that was in, in Leeds or somewhere, that would cost, I don't know, £200,000, you could do it up yeah. and you could make an absolute killing, you know, it's big enough to actually probably have bed and breakfast rooms in it if you wanted to go down that route. So when I, I, yeah. I took the number down off the sign and I got back to the hotel and stuck it into the, uh, to the give the web address into the into the computer and it had already been sold the plot had been sold they were going to knock this old house down build two modern kind of housey villa things on there and both were going to cost 15 million dollars oh. it was a little bit out of my price range well yeah it's just one of those uh, like i wasn't really thinking of money i was just thinking of, <laughs> i thought that might have been in like in terms of part of the deal that if i could live there then i would get a get a free house <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I, I, I don't know what your expectations are of this interview, but the Cricket Budget Podcast can't really stretch for <laughs> that void in the same. <laughs> <laughs> In recent weeks on the Cricket Pleasure Podcast, we've had David Gower, we've had Joe Root, we've had Daniel Norcross, Gordon Greenwich, Desmond Haynes, Joel Garner, Ronnie Arani, Chetiswap Pajara, James Foster, Daniel Baldrummond, Sam Hayne, Brett Dolivera, Keaton Jennings, Delray Rawlings, Richard Gleeson, Anthony McGrath, Paul Collingwood. We're building up quite a few test caps and there are many, many more to come. Thank you so much. For all your comments, it is much appreciated as it goes from strength to strength. You can find the podcast every single week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, Radio Public. We're growing. Grow with us. Have your say on all things cricket. Contact us on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. By email 
cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Comment on things mentioned in shows, suggest future topics for future programmes, and get involved as the Cricket Badger podcast continues to go from strength to strength. What will you be doing in 10 years' time? As I said before, um, I, I, I am from a family farm. Um, my plan was to, once I finished playing cricket, was to, to sort of move back and sort of take that over. So there's a good there's a good chance that I'd probably be, be doing something regarding farming. Otherwise, it'd probably be a bit of coaching, coaching somewhere or other. So I quite like that if it was a bit of a mixture of the both, doing a bit of coaching, maybe a bit of travelling. I like a little bit of farming as well, but yeah. it's a long way off at the moment. So, yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. Well, if, you're, if you're cricketing Vogue pages, right, in nine days' time, you turn 35, don't you? How long... Yeah. Will Boyd Rankin still be running in and turning his arm over? I would like to think for at least another couple of years. Probably been the fittest I've been over the last uh, two and a half years. Um, mm. Haven't really had that many, like in terms of major injuries. So, like touch wood, uh, like as long as I'm performing and as long as I'm staying fit, um, I'm, I'm sort of hoping if I can get another two years, I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, as I say, like if I if had somebody had had it said to me. When I was when I was 22, 23, that you'd still be playing to, when you're 36, 37, uh, I probably would have laughed at them. So um, yeah, if I can get another couple of years out of it um, and try and try and help bring on a few few like the younger lads into the team, like I think I'd be pretty happy with that. We've got just one question left before I ask you the question number 20. It's a big summer in England. Well, obviously with the World Cup, which we won't mention again. But then obviously the Ashes to follow that. But between times, there's a, a test match between England and Ireland, which I presume you've got one eye on and you're looking forward to. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be like a massive... Uh, like it's going to be like a massive occasion for like everybody. I suppose like especially like the Irish lads that will play in that test. So yeah, like finger, like a, like in terms of fingers crossed that I'm sort of fit and uh, and hopefully like in that squad. So yeah, it's obviously really special to sort of like play at Lords, but like to like to play a play like a test match against England at Lords is like going to be that extra special. So I think all the lads do have one eye on that. It's not that far away now. We've like we've got a couple of weeks of like one day cricket, and then I think we like. Like I think we join up about ten days out before the test, so it's only a couple of weeks away now. And as I said, like it is going to be very special for everybody involved. I think I think there's quite a lot of tickets sold for the first three days already. So hoping hoping it'll be a sellout for at least the first two or three days. And yeah, obviously we can put on a good show. I think uh, like we showed like even like, like like I think it's even like a in terms of like a different format. But that like one day game we had had against England like a few well probably about six weeks ago now that we do have a chance but like they are obviously like a good like red ball team and we need to we need to play as well as we can and hopefully um we've got a like good chance of like putting in a good show when you first started playing for, for ireland your ireland aw was 2006 at, at, around that time could you have foreseen a, a test match against england at lords was that a distant dream or something that you, you thought one day might be reality while you were still playing um, no, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be one ounce of me to said that we would have had a chance to, or like or like we would have been playing like a test match for England at Lords come what thirteen thirteen years after that. Like I, like I don't think too many people would 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 like really have thought that at that point. But yeah, it's obviously like a dream. It's like a dream come true for for those eleven lads that take the field. So and I think obviously as well like. And like in terms of with that, there's obviously like a lot of like past players who like made that happen as well, who probably don't get that opportunity to actually do it on the on that day. But 
I suppose they'll they'll be looking on as well. I suppose like very proud at the fact that they've had like a little bit of sort of in terms of help to actually get to where the cricket ground is at at the moment. I started one of the first questions was to ask you what your best day in cricket was going to be. Do you think if everything goes well and you take the field for Ireland at Laws, that might be something that would uh, go ahead even of that World Cup experience? Um, yeah, no, I, like I think for sure. Just that whole occasion in terms of that test match, um, as I said, like it has been on like quite a few people's eyes for the last, well, like ever since it, it was announced. So I think it will be pretty hard to like beat that. If I do get the chance to play in that game, I say like it'll be pretty hard to beat that, and it'll be one that you'll you'll sort of you'll never like forget that for the rest of your, of your life, really. And is it a case now of wrapping yourself in cotton wool and not touching anything and making sure you stay fit? Sort of, yeah. I think I think it's one of those. It's like there's not much you can do. Like if you do pick up an injury, there isn't a lot you can do. Obviously, you've got a lot of cricket coming up over the next couple of weeks. We've got three three one there's and three T20s before that test match so yeah obviously I'll be giving everything for those games um, but as I said like I, like I feel I've been in pretty pretty good nick in terms of my fitness over the last few years so hopefully I don't have two like major issues like in terms of after those games and I'm and I'm sort of like fully fit and, and like and obviously like really enjoying to get an opportunity to actually play in that test match If I could give you a magic wand and make you born 10 years later, would you take it? Because obviously Ireland, you know, the future looks really good for the Irish team, doesn't it? You know, internationals, test matches, what have you, stretching over the foreseeable. If you could extend your career another 10 years, you'd be part of all of that. It'd be a rather good journey, I would would think. Yeah, obviously, yeah, it'd obviously be great to be be still playing in 10 years' time. I don't, don't, like, uh, yeah, like it's one of those... Like I like I probably wouldn't like I wouldn't change too much. Like I've obviously been pretty lucky in terms of what I've done. I've had that opportunity to play like county cricket for so long as well. But yeah, I think I think those like younger lads that are coming through now that are that are just starting their journey. I think it's obviously really exciting for them to be able to to sort of come straight into to like international cricket and like play against the top teams. I think it's obviously great, but at the same time, I think they'll have going to have to learn pretty quickly. And it's I think it's a matter of trying to get everything right in terms of grassroots um, through to our like inter inter provincial stuff. So that gap of whenever they do make the step up to like playing for Ireland isn't as big as what it, like could have been in the past. Whereas I suppose in the past there've been a lot of cricketers that have just played club cricket on Saturday and then would have to go and play for Ireland against England's in a one there like on the Monday. So. I think it's a lot more like professional now, and it's obviously a great opportunity for like a lot of the young lads coming through, and it sort of gives them that opportunity to like be a full-time cricketer. Whereas whenever I started, that that wasn't really like an option at that point. So I'd like to think that there will be a lot more um, like young guys take up the sport, seeing that they've got a chance to sort of play full-time. But there can't be many people, Boyd, if any, that have made their first appearance in a test match at Lords, having played once one test match for their current team Ireland and one test match for the opposition England it's uh, <laughs> yeah. quite a strange one isn't it really yeah no it's, yeah, it's going to be a bit strange obviously um, I know I know pretty much all of that England team pretty well so it is it is a bit it is a bit strange the fact now that I'm going back to play against them again um, it was the same during that one day game that we had in terms of about a month ago um, it was the same situation it just felt a bit strange because 
I had done it playing for Ireland. I had done it playing for England v Ireland, and now I'm doing it the other way with a test match. So yeah, it's uh, it will be a bit strange for me just because I've been in different positions uh, within both camps. So, um, but as I say, like obviously, like I'm now um, like fully fledged Ireland, and yeah, I'll be going out to try to like win a game of cricket for Ireland. Well, I hope you stay fit. Wish you all the best for that. I hope you enjoy that because it's a fantastic sure. experience ahead of you, I'm sure. But uh, just just one quick question before um, I ask the final question. I used to work at Yorkshire Boyd, and I remember you actually coming to Headingley one day to have a chat about yeah. potentially joining Yorkshire, I think, at one stage, before I think you ultimately went to Warwickshire, didn't you? Was, how close did you get yeah. to uh, coming to Yorkshire and, and signing for the county? Um, yeah, it was actually it was actually pretty close to be honest. Um, yeah, it sort of sort of happened all really quickly. Um, I think I went I think I went to Warwickshire maybe the day before that. Um, had a look around with Ashley Giles at that point, and then I came up and met up with Martin Moxon, uh, Jeffrey Boycott. I think he was there as well. So it was a bit it was a bit like surreal at that point because obviously like I knew like Jeffrey. In, like, in terms of who he was but for him to be there speaking to me trying to like persuade me to come to Yorkshire was really it was obviously really special to be to be shown around by him and Martin and I think it was the chief exec but um, yeah I think like it was a really close call for me um, I, I think the main thing for me at that point was in terms of the fast bowling coach that I would get in terms of like Alan Donald who had just come on board with Warwickshire. I think that was the tipping point for me. Was obviously um, he was a, he was a high class bowler and it was something that I, I didn't really want to tip, sort of in, like in terms of turn down uh, that chance to work with him um, over over the next few years when he was there. Uh, it like really helped me during that during that time. I guess the proof's in the pudding as well because I mean you never know what would have happened at Yorkshire, but your time at Warwickshire. Went went well and obviously has boosted you you on and with your career. Uh, yeah, obviously had a really good good like eleven year stint at Warwickshire. Um, won won pretty much every every trophy that there was possible. And yeah, it was obviously like a really successful time for the club. Um, and it was really special to be part of that. And obviously getting that chance as well to play with England in terms of through them as well. Like I wouldn't have like changed anything. And as I said, like I really enjoyed my time there. Like I'm still sort of basing myself there at the moment like I'm still living in Birmingham so like I haven't left Birmingham as yet like I do enjoy like I, like I do enjoy being around um, and I still like I still like I still pop in from time to time and like have a ball to the lads and that so yeah, yeah, yeah like they've been pretty good to me even even after I've like in terms of stopped playing for them I suppose that's saying like once a bear always a bear is, is like obviously really special and I think that's that's something that will hopefully hopefully be the case for like many years to come Thank you very much for being part of the uh, the podcast today, Boyd. Really appreciate your time. We've got to number twenty oh, on the uh, twenty cricket budget questions. Some people find this easy. Some people find this difficult. It's kind of my warped brain. But if you'd been picking these questions yourself, what would you have asked okay. yourself to get a great oh. and exclusive answer? Oh. <laughs> probably, probably a question regarding that Ashes tour um, and getting maybe some inside information regarding like KP or whoever like some sort of a question regarding the Ashes would be pretty be are you, you going to give me an answer for that are you going to leave are you going to leave that hanging <laughs> I think I'm just going to leave that hanging I think <laughs> yeah <laughs>
It's uh, been a pleasure to talk to you. Wish you all the best for the future, for the next two years, or however long you go on for with the ball, bowling for Ireland. And uh, hopefully you stay fit and enjoy that time at Lords yeah. in that Test match. And I'm sure that'll be a very special occasion for you. But thank you for your time. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. No problem. No problem at all. It's that Badger style. Thank you very much to Boyd Ranking for joining me on the Cricket Badger podcast this week. Wish him all the best for that Test match at Lords. It's a huge occasion for Irish cricket. And it means Test matches are back on the agenda. So... Looking forward to that test. Looking forward to the Ashes series to come as well this summer. Thanks for listening this week. Please subscribe, like, do all the nice things you can do for the Cookie Magic Podcast. Help increase the listenership as we go through this busy and rather huge summer of cricket in this country. Until next week, until we meet again, enjoy your cricket badges. Podcast Network.